15. Southeast the patient great uneasiness, as she fancies that she is going to have either some dreadful tumor or a gathering of the bosom. There need, in such a case, be no apprehension. The swelling and the pain are the consequences of the pregnancy, and will in due time subside without any unpleasant result. For treatment she cannot do better than rub them well, every night and morning, with equal parts of eau de cologne and olive oil, and wear a piece of new flannel over them, taking care to cover the nipples with soft linen, as the friction of the flannel might irritate them. 17. Bowel complaints. Bowel complaints, during pregnancy, are not infrequent. A dose either of rhubarb and magnesia, or of castor oil, are the best remedies, and are generally, in the way of medicine, all that is necessary. 18. Cramps. Cramps of the legs and of the thighs during the latter period, and especially at night, are apt to attend pregnancy, and are caused by the womb pressing upon the nerves which extend to the lower extremities. Treatment. Tightly tie a handkerchief, folded like a neckerchief, round the limb a little above the part affected and let it remain on for a few minutes. Friction by means of the hand either with opodeldoc or with lognum, taking care not to drink the lotion by mistake, will also give relief. 19. The whites. The whites during pregnancy, especially during the latter months, and particularly if the lady have had many children, are frequently troublesome, and are, in a measure, occasioned by the pressure of the womb on the parts below, causing irritation. The best way, therefore, to obviate such pressure is for the patient to lie down a great part of each day either on a bed or a sofa. She ought to retire early to rest, she should sleep on a hair mattress and in a well-ventilated apartment, and should not overload her bed with clothes. A thick, heavy quilt at these times, and indeed at all times, is particularly objectionable, the perspiration cannot pass readily through it as through blankets, and thus she is weakened. She ought to live on plain, wholesome, nourishing food and she must abstain from beer and wine and spirits. The bowels ought to be gently opened by means of a sidelets powder, which should occasionally be taken early in the morning. 20. Irritation and itching of the external parts. This is a most troublesome affection, and may occur at any time, but more especially during the latter period of the pregnancy. Let her diet be simple and nourishing, let her avoid stimulants of all kinds, let her take a sits bath of warm water, considerably salted. Let her sit in the bath with the body thoroughly covered. 21. Hot and inflamed. The external parts, and the passage to the womb vagina, in these cases, are not only irritable and itching, but are sometimes hot and inflamed, and are covered either with small pimples, or with a whitish exudation of the nature of a th- thrush, somewhat similar to the thrush on the mouth of an infant. Then, the addition of glycerin to the lotion is a great improvement and usually gives much relief. 22. Biliousness is defined by someone as piggishness. Generally it may be regarded as overfed. The elements of the bile are in the blood in excess of the power of the liver to eliminate them. This may be caused either from the superabundance of the materials from which the bile is made or by an action of the organ itself. Being thus retained the system is clogged. It is the result of either too much food in quantity or too rich in quality. Especially is it caused by the excessive use of fats and sweets. The simplest remedy is the best. A plain, light diet with plenty of acid fruits, avoiding fats and sweets, will ameliorate or remove it. Don't force the appetite. Let hunger demand food. In the morning the sensitiveness of the stomach may be relieved by taking before rising a cup of hot water, hot milk, hot lemonade, rice or barley water.
selecting according to preference. For this purpose many fine coffee made from ground wheat or corn the best drink, depend for a time upon liquid food that can be taken up by absorbance. The juice of lemons and other acid fruits is usually grateful, and assists in assimilating any excess in nutriment. These may be diluted according to taste. With many, an egg lemonade proves relishing and acceptable. 23. Deranged Appetite Where the appetite fails, let the patient go without eating for a little while, say for two or three meals. If, however, the strength begins to go, try the offering of some unexpected delicacy, or give small quantities of nourishing food, as directed in case of morning sickness. 24. Piles For cases of significance consult a physician, as with constipation, so with piles, its frequent result fruit diet, exercise, and sits bath regimen will do much to prevent the trouble. Frequent local applications of a cold compress, and even of ice, and tepid water injections, are of great service. Walking or standing aggravate this complaint. Lying down alleviates it. Dr. Shaw says, there is nothing in the world that will produce so great relief in piles as fasting. If the fit is severe, lie the whole day, or even two, if necessary. Upon pure soft cold water alone, give them very lightly of vegetable food. 25. Toothache. There is a sort of proverb that a woman loses one tooth every time she has a child. Neuralgic toothache during pregnancy island at any rate. Extremely common, and often has to be endured. It is generally thought not best to have teeth extracted during pregnancy, as the shock to the nervous system has sometimes caused miscarriage. To wash out the mouth morning and night with cold or lukewarm water and salt is often of use. If the teeth are decayed, consult a good dentist in the early stages of pregnancy, and have the offending teeth properly dressed. Good dentists, in the present state of the science, extract very few teeth, but save them. 26. Salivation. Excessive secretion of the saliva has usually been reckoned substantially incurable. Fasting. Cold water treatment. Exercise and fruit diet may be relied on to prevent, cure or alleviate it, where this is possible, as it frequently island 27, headache, this island perhaps, almost as common in cases of pregnancy as, morning sickness, it may be from determination of blood to the head, from constipation or indigestion, constitutional, sick headache, from neuralgia, from a cold, from rheumatism, correct living will prevent much headache trouble and where this does not answer the purpose, rubbing and making magnetic passes over the head by the hand of some healthy magnetic person will often prove of great service. 28. Liver spots. These, on the face, must probably be endured, as no trustworthy way of driving them off is known. 29. Jaundice. See the doctor. 30. Pain on the right side. This is liable to occur from about the 5th to the 8th month and is attributed to the pressure of the enlarging womb upon the liver. Proper living is most likely to alleviate it. Wearing a wet girdle in daytime or a wet compress at night, sits baths, and friction with the wet hand may also be tried. If the pain is severe a mustard poultice may be used. Exercise should be carefully moderated if found to increase the pain. If there is fever and inflammation with it, consult a physician. It is usually not dangerous, but uncomfortable only. 31. Palpitation of the heart. To be prevented by healthy living and calm, good humor. Lying down will often gradually relieve it. So will a compress wet with water, as hot as can be borne, placed over the heart and renewed as often as it gets cool. 32. 
fainting, most likely to be caused by quickening, or else by tight dress, bad air, overexertion, or other unhealthy living. It is not often dangerous. Lay the patient in an easy posture, the head rather low than high, and where cool air may blow across the face, loosen the dress if tight, sprinkle cold water on the face and hands. 33. Sleeplessness. Most likely to be caused by incorrect living, and to be prevented and cured by the opposite. A glass or two of cold water drank deliberately on going to bed often helps one to go to sleep, so does bathing the face and hands and the feet in cold water. A short nap in the latter part of the forenoon can sometimes be had, and is of use. Such a nap ought not to be too long, or it leaves a heavy feeling, it should be sought with the mind in a calm state, in a well-ventilated though darkened room, and with the clothing removed, as at night. A similar nap in the afternoon is not so good, but is better than nothing. The tepid sits bath on going to bed will often produce sleep and so will gentle percussion given by an attendant with palms of the hand over the back for a few minutes on retiring. To secure sound sleep do not read, write or severely tax the mind in the evening. Morning Sickness 1. A pregnant woman is especially liable to suffer many forms of dyspepsia, nervous troubles, sleeplessness, etc. 2. Morning sickness is the most common and is the result of an irritation in the womb, caused by some derangement and it is greatly irritated by the habit of indulging in sexual gratification during pregnancy. If people would imitate the lower animals and reserve the vital forces of the mother for the benefit of her unborn child, it would be a great boon to humanity. Morning sickness may begin the next day after conception, but it usually appears from two to three weeks after the beginning of pregnancy and continues with more or less severity from two to four months. 3. Home Treatment for Morning Sickness Avoid all highly seasoned and rich food. Also avoid strong tea and coffee. Eat especially light and simple suppers at 5 o'clock and no later than 6. Some simple broths, such as will be found in the cooking department of this book will be very nourishing and soothing. Coffee made from brown wheat or corn is an excellent remedy to use. The juice of lemons reduced with water will sometimes prove very effectual. A good lemonade with an egg well stirred is very nourishing and toning to the stomach. 4. Hot fomentation on the stomach and liver is excellent, and warm and hot water injections are highly beneficial. 5. A little powdered magnesia at bedtime, taken in a little milk, will often give almost permanent relief. 6. Avoid corsets or any other pressure upon the stomach. All garments must be worn loosely. In many cases this will entirely prevent all stomach disturbances. Relation of husband and wife during pregnancy. 1. Miscarriage. If the wife is subject to miscarriage every precaution should be employed to prevent its happening again. Under such exceptional circumstances the husband should sleep apart the first five months of pregnancy, after that length of time. The ordinary relation may be assumed. If miscarriage has taken place, intercourse should be avoided for a month or six weeks at least after the accident. 2. Impregnation. Impregnation is the only mission of intercourse, and after that has taken place. Intercourse can subserve no other purpose than sensual gratification. 3. Woman must judge. Every man should recognize the fact that woman is the sole umpire as to when, how frequent, and under what circumstances, connection should take place. Her desires should not be ignored, for her likes and dislikes are as seen in another part of this book easily impressed upon the unborn child. If she is strong and healthy there is no reason why passion should not be gratified with moderation and caution during the whole period of pregnancy. 
but she must be the sole judge and her desires supreme. 4. Voluntary Instances No voluntary instances occur through the entire animal kingdom. All females repel with force and fierceness the approaches of the male. The human family is the only exception. A man that loves his wife, however, will respect her under all circumstances and recognize her condition and yield to her wishes. A private word to the expectant mother, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, in a lecture to ladies, thus strongly states her views regarding maternity and painless childbirth, we must educate our daughters to think that motherhood is grand, and that God never cursed it, and this curse, if it be a curse, may be rolled off, as man has rolled away the curse of labor, as the curse has been rolled from the descendants of Ham, my mission is to preach this new gospel, if you suffer, it is not because you are cursed of God, but because you violate his laws, what an incubus it would take from woman could she be educated to know that the pains of maternity are no curse upon her kind, we know that among the Indians the squaws do not suffer in childbirth, they will step aside from the ranks, even on the march, and return in a short time to them with the newborn child, what an absurdity then, to suppose that only enlightened Christian women are cursed, but one word of fact is worth the volume of philosophy, let me give you some of my own experience, I am the mother of seven children, my girlhood was spent mostly in the open air, I early imbibed the idea that a girl was just as good as a boy, and I carried it out, I would walk five miles before breakfast or ride ten on horseback, after I was married I wore my clothing sensibly, their weight hung entirely on my shoulders, I never compressed my body out of its natural shape, when my first four children were born, I suffered very little, I then made up my mind that it was totally unnecessary for me to suffer at all, so I dressed lightly, walked every day, lived as much as possible in the open air, ate no condiments or spices, kept quiet, listened to music, looked at pictures, and took proper care of myself. The night before the birth of the child I walked three miles. The child was born without a particle of pain. I bathed it and dressed it, and it weighed ten and one half pounds. That same day I dined with the family. Everybody said I would surely die, but I never had a relapse or a moment's inconvenience from it. I know this is not being delicate and refined, but if you would be vigorous and healthy, in spite of the diseases of your ancestors, and your own disregard of nature's laws, try it. Shall pregnant women work? 1. Overworked mothers. Children born of overworked mothers are liable to a be dwarfed and puny race. However, their chances are better than those of the children of inactive, dependent, indolent mothers who have neither brain nor muscle to transmit to son or daughter. The truth seems to be that excessive labor, with either body or mind, is alike injurious to both men and women, and herein lies the sting of that old curse. This paragraph suggests all that need be said on the question whether a pregnant woman should or should not labor. 2. Foolishly idle. At least it is certain that they should not be foolishly idle, and on the other hand, it is equally certain that they should be relieved from painful laborious occupations that exhaust and infit them for happiness, pleasant and useful physical and intellectual occupation, however, will not only do no harm, but positive good. 3. The best man and the best woman. The best man is he who can rear the best child, and the best woman is she who can rear the best child. We very properly extol to the skies Harriet Hosmer, the artist, for cutting in marble the statue of Zenobia. How much more should we sing praises to the man and the woman who bring into the world a noble boy or girl? 
the one is a piece of lifeless beauty, the other a piece of life including all beauty, all possibilities, words for young mothers, the act of nursing is sometimes painful to the mother, especially before the habit is fully established, the discomfort is greatly increased if the skin that covers the nipples is tender and delicate, the suction pulls it off leaving them in a state in which the necessary pressure of the child's lips cause intense agony, this can be prevented in a great measure, says Elizabeth Robinson Scovel, in Ladies Home Journal, if not entirely, by bathing the nipples twice a day for six weeks before the confinement with powdered alum dissolved in alcohol, or salt dissolved in brandy, if there is any symptom of the skin cracking when the child begins, to nurse, they should be painted with a mixture of tannin and glycerin, this must be washed off before the baby touches them and renewed when it leaves them, if they are very painful, the doctor will probably order morphia added to the mixture. A rubber nipple shield to be put on at the time of nursing is a great relief. If the nipples are retracted or drawn inward, they can be drawn out painlessly by filling a pint bottle with boiling water, emptying it and quickly applying the mouth over the nipple. As the air in the bottle cools, it condenses, leaving a vacuum and the nipple is pushed out by the air behind it. When the milk accumulates or cakes in the breast in hard patches, they should be rubbed very gently, from the base upwards, with warm cantharated oil. The rubbing should be the lightest, most delicate stroking, avoiding pressure. If lumps appear at the base of the breast and it is red swollen and painful, cloths run out of cold water should be applied and the doctor sent for. While the breast is full and hard all over, not much apprehension need be felt. It is when lumps appear that the physician should be notified, that he may, if possible, prevent the formation of abscesses, while a woman is nursing she should eat plenty of nourishing food milk, oatmeal, cracked wheat, and good juicy, fresh meat, boiled, roasted, or broiled, but not fried, between each meal, before going to bed, and once during the night, she should take a cup of cocoa, gruel made with milk, good beef tea, mutton broth, or any warm, nutritive drink, tea and coffee are to be avoided, it is important to keep the digestion in order and the bowel should be carefully regulated as a means to this end. If necessary, any of the laxative mineral waters can be used for this purpose, or a teaspoonful of compound licorice powder taken at night. Powerful cathartic medicines should be avoided because of their effect upon the baby. The child should be weaned at nine months old, unless this time comes in very hot weather, or the infant is so delicate that a change of food would be injurious. If the mother is not strong her nursling will sometimes thrive better upon artificial food than on its natural nourishment. By gradually lengthening the interval between the nursing and feeding the child, when it is hungry, the weaning can be accomplished without much trouble. The young mother should wear warm underclothing, thick stockings and a flannel jacket over her night dress, unless she is in the habit of wearing an undervest. If the body is not protected by warm clothing there is an undue demand upon the nervous energy to keep up the vital heat, and nerve force is wasted by the attempt to compel the system to do what ought to be done for it by outside means. How to have beautiful children. 1. Parental influence. The art of having handsome children has been a question that has interested the people of all ages and of all nationalities. There is no longer a question as to the influence that parents may and do exert upon their offspring and it is shown in other parts of this book that beauty depends largely on the condition of health at the time of conception. It is therefore of no little moment that parents should guard carefully their own health as well as that of their children, that they may develop a vigorous constitution. There cannot be beauty without good health. 2. 
marrying too early, we know that marriage at too early an age, or too late in life, is apt to produce imperfectly developed children, both mentally and physically, the causes are self-evident, a couple marrying too young, they lack maturity and consequently will impart weakness to their offspring, while on the other hand persons marrying late in life fail to find that normal condition which is conducive to the health and vigor of offspring. 3. Crossing of temperaments and nationalities. The crossing of temperaments and nationalities beautifies offspring. If young persons of different nationalities marry, their children under proper hygienic laws are generally handsome and healthy. For instance, an American and German or an Irish and German uniting in marriage, produces better looking children than those marrying in the same nationality. Persons of different temperaments uniting in marriage, always produces a good effect upon offspring. 4. The proper time, to obtain the best results. Conception should take place only when both parties are in the best physical condition. If either parent is in any way indisposed at the time of conception the results will be seen in the health of the child. Many children brought in the world with diseases or other infirmities stamped upon their feeble frames show the indiscretion and ignorance of parents. 5. During pregnancy. During pregnancy the mother should take time for self-improvement and cultivate an interest for admiring beautiful pictures or engravings which represent cheerful and beautiful figures. Secure a few good books illustrating art, with some fine representations of statues and other attractive pictures. The purchase of several illustrated in journals might answer the purpose. 6. What to avoid. Pregnant mothers should avoid thinking of ugly people, or those marked by any deformity or disease, avoid injury fright and disease of any kind, also avoid in graceful position and awkward attitude, but cultivate grace and beauty in herself, avoid difficulty with neighbors or other trouble, 7, good care, she should keep herself in good physical condition, and the system well nourished, as a want of food always injures the child, 8, the improvement of the mind, the mother should read suitable articles in newspapers or good books, keep her mind occupied, If she cultivates a desire for intellectual improvement, the same desire will be more or less manifested in the growth and development of the child. 9. Like produces like. Everywhere and always in general forms and in particular features in mental qualities and in bodily conditions in tendencies of thought and in habits of action. Let this grand truth be deeply impressed upon the hearts of all who desire or expect to become parents. 10. Heredity. Male children generally inherit the peculiar traits and diseases of the mother and female children those of the father. 11. Advice. Therefore it is urged that during the period of uteral gestation, a special pains should be taken to render the life of the female as harmonious as possible, that her surroundings should all be of a nature calculated to inspire the mind with thoughts of physical and mental beauties and perfections, and that she should be guarded against all influences, of whatever character having a deteriorative tendency, education of the child in the womb. A lady once interviewed a prominent college president and asked him when the education of a child should begin, 25 years before it is born, was the prompt reply. No better answer was ever given to that question every mother may well consider it. 1. The unborn child affected by the thoughts and the surroundings of the mother, that the child is affected in the womb of the mother through the influences apparently connected with objects by which she is surrounded, appears to have been well known in ancient days, as well as at the present time. 2. Evidences. Many evidences are found in ancient history, especially among the refined nations, showing that certain expedients were resorted to by which their females, 
during the period of uteral gestation, were surrounded by the superior refinements of the age, with the hope of thus making upon them impressions which should have the effect of communicating certain desired qualities to the offspring. For this reason apartments were adorned with statuary and paintings, and special pains were taken not only to convey favorable impressions, but also to guard against unfavorable ones being made, upon the mind of the pregnant woman. 3. Hankering after gin, a certain mother while pregnant, longed for gin, which could not be gotten, and her child cried incessantly for six weeks till gin was given it, which it eagerly clutched and drank with ravenous greediness, stopped crying, and became healthy. 4. Begin to educate children at conception, and continue during their entire carriage, yet maternal study, of little account before the sixth, after it, is most promotive of talents, which, next to goodness are the father's joy and the mother's pride, while pains are taken after they are born, to render them prodigies of learning, by the best of schools and teachers from their third year, whereas their mother's study, three months before their birth, would improve their intellects infinitely more. 5. Mothers, does God thus put the endowment of your darlings into your molding power, then tremble in view of its necessary responsibilities, and learn how to wield them for their and your temporal and eternal happiness. 6. Qualities of the mind, the qualities of the mind are perhaps as much liable to hereditary transmission as bodily configuration, memory, intelligence, judgment, imagination, passions, diseases, and what is usually called genius, are often very markedly traced in the offspring. I have known mental impressions forcibly impressed upon the offspring at the time of conception, as concomitant of some peculiar eccentricity, idiosyncrasy, morbidness, waywardness, irritability, or proclivity of either one or both parents. 7. The plastic brain. The plastic brain of the fetus is prompt to receive all impressions. It retains them and they become the characteristics of the child and the man, low spirits, violent passions, irritability, frivolity, in the pregnant woman, leave indelible marks on the unborn child. 8. Formation of character. I believe that prenatal influences may do as much in the formation of character as all the education that can come after, and that mothers may, in a measure, will, what that influence shall be, and that, as knowledge on the subject increases, it will be more and more under their control, in that, as in everything else, things that would be possible with one mother would not be with another, and measures that would be successful with one would produce opposite results from the other. 9. A historical illustration. A woman rode side by side with her soldier husband, and witnessed the drilling of troops for battle. The scene inspired her with a deep longing to see a battle and share in the excitements of the conquerors. This was but a few months before her boy was born and his name was Napoleon. 10. A musician. The following was reported by Drive F.W. Moffat, in the mother's own language. When I was first pregnant, I wished my offspring to be a musician. So, during the period of that pregnancy, settled my whole mind on music, and attended every musical entertainment I possibly could. I had my husband, who has a violin, to play for me by the hour. When the child was born, it was a girl, which grew and prospered and finally became an expert musician. 11. Murderous intent. The mother of a young man, who was hung not long ago, was heard to say, I tried to get rid of him before he was born, and, oh, how I wish now that I had succeeded. She added that it was the only time she had attempted anything of the sort, but, because of home troubles, 
she became desperate, and resolved that her burdens should not be made any greater. Does it not seem probable that the murderous intent, even though of short duration, was communicated to the mind of the child, and resulted in the crime for which he was hung? 12. The assassin of Garfield. Guido's father was a man of integrity and conquerable intellectual ability. His children were born in quick succession, and the mother was obliged to work very hard. Before this child was born, she resorted to every means, though unsuccessful, to produce abortion. The world knows the result. Guido's whole life was full of contradictions. There was little self-controlling power in him, no common sense, and not a vestige or remorse or shame. In his wild imagination, he believed himself capable of doing the greatest work and of filling the loftiest station in life. Who will dare question that this mother's effort to destroy him while in embryo was the main cause in bringing him to the level of the brutes? 13. Caution. Any attempt, on the part of the mother, to destroy her child before birth, is liable, if unsuccessful, to produce murderous tendencies, even harboring murderous thoughts, whether toward her own child or not might be followed by similar results. The great king of kings hath in the table of his law commanded that thou shalt do no murder. Wilt thou, then, spurn at his edict, and fulfill a man's? Take heed, for he holds vengeance in his hand to hurl upon their heads that break his law. Richard I.I.I. Act I how to calculate the time of expected labor. 1. The table on the opposite page has been very accurately compiled, and will be very helpful to those who desire the exact time. 2. The duration of pregnancy is from 278 to 280 days, or nearly 40 weeks. The count should be made from the beginning of the last menstruation, and add 8 days on account of the possibility of it occurring within that period. The heavier the child the longer is the duration, the younger the woman the longer time it often requires. The duration is longer in married than in unmarried women, the duration is liable to be longer if the child is a female. 3. Movement. The first movement is generally felt on the 135th day after impregnation. 4. Growth of the embryo. About the 20th day the embryo resembles the appearance of an ant or lettuce seed, the 30th day the embryo is as large as a common horse fly, the 40th day the form resembles that of a person, in 60 days the limbs begin to form, and in 4 months the embryo takes the name of fetus. 5. Children born after 7 or 8 months can survive and develop to maturity. Directions. Find in the upper horizontal line the date on which the last menstruation ceased. The figure beneath gives the date of expected confinement 280 days. January 1st 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 October 8th 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 January 16th 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 26 27 28 29 30 31 October 23rd 24 25 26 27 28 29 30 31 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 November February 1st 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 November 8th 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 February 16th 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 26 27 28 November 23rd 24 25 26 27 28 29 31 to 34